0: This episode of the Alley on the Run show is brought to you by New York Roadrunners. Welcome to the Alley on the Run show. I'm your host, Alley Feller, and I am so sore. I'm fresh off running my first postpartum race, the United Airlines New York City Half Marathon, and it was amazing. But not just the race itself. The entire weekend was top-notch. I was honored to host a live recording of this podcast the day before the race at the New York Roadrunners Run Center featuring the New Balance Run Hub. And I was doubly honored, doubly honored? Is that a phrase that exists? I was doubly honored to get to take part in this conversation with four incredible leaders in the running community no further intro needed. If you couldn't join us in person, here is the live show in all its unedited glory.
1: All right. So now the, to the main event here, we, Ali is a, I just read your bio and I really liked it. A, a, a freelance writer, editor,
2: um, podcaster, and she, I love her differentiation of her two, main, her two main focuses right now, which is a human mom of Annie, who's in the audience. Hello, Annie. How are you? Yeah. Look at that wave. Uh, and a dog mom uh, to Ellie. So, <laughs> no, she's not here, unfortunately. But uh, let's give a
1: very warm round of applause to Allie Feller.
0: Thank you, sir. I always like when, uh, when Annie and Ellie get worked their way into things I'm doing. Thank you all for being here. Let me see again who's running tomorrow. Amazing. I love this. Okay, great. And I see that we've got uh, a couple men holding it down in here. I love that. Okay, so amazing panel today. This is going to be such a great, inspiring hour. I promise that you will all, whether you're running tomorrow or not, you're going to leave here having laughed at least once and feeling super inspired, empowered, and uplifted for the rest of your day, weekend, and life. Bold claims. Okay, let's bring out our amazing panel of women. Mary Wittenberg, come and join us. Mary is the former CEO of both New York Road runners and Virgin Sport. She's now taking over the cycling industry. We're gonna talk about that, because I'm dying to know about like, who's weirder, runners or cyclists. Um, I say cyclists, but that's just because I'm a runner and I'm married to a cyclist, and they're, you know they're quirky. Christine Burke. Christine, look at her braid her beautiful braid. Christine, I have to read your title off my note card, which is embarrassing. VP of Strategic Partnerships and Runner Products at New York Roadrunners. So it's a mouthful to say, but like she's a boss lady here in charge. Everyone answers to her, except maybe Michael. Okay. Oh, Oh, Michael says he answers to her too. I love that. Yes. Women's empowerment. Okay. Leanne Sherrick, come on out. Leanne is the founder, the co-founder of the Brooklyn Track Club. She's an Olympic trials qualifier, very casual. Yeah, whoa, I know. And double whoa, she's a forensic scientist. I know. I had to Google that. Um, So she is like real life CSI, basically. Is that... Yes. Yes. Excellent. Okay. And Carly Gill, come on out. Carly is the woman behind these amazing braids we're all sporting. Um, If you've seen runner braids on Instagram, which you probably have because it's the very cool thing right now, everyone has braids. Carly is one of the amazing, talented women behind them. Uh, Colleen Quigley, like, superstar in the running world. Yeah. This is who braids her hair. So, yes. I'm loving the applause right here. You super fans. This is great. Okay. So, we have a lot to talk about today. Normally on the Alley on the Run show, I start things with a warm-up. We kind of just did that, but I'll put you each on the spot to start. I want to know what significant moment in women's running has inspired or affected each of you most. Just kick it off with some inspiration. Mary, we'll put you on the spot first.
3: Gosh, there's so many. I have to go with Joni, 1984 in L.A. Um, And, you know, it was first ever, first time. It's so shocking, right? Um, Finally... The sport world admitted that women actually could run marathons and they could uh, have a marathon in the Olympics. And for that Olympics to happen to be L.A. and for young American Joni Benoit to go out there and run incredibly bravely on a bum knee after surgery only two weeks before against an amazing field including legend Greta Weitz and just boldly go for it. And win gold uh, inspired me as a young kid.
2: Christine, I, I would have said the same. Um, I remember, ten-year-old me watching the LA marathon or the marathon live from LA on TV. Uh, but I would also add, um, when I was young, my father was running the New York City Marathon in the late '70s and early '80s, and when we'd come and watch him on First Avenue and seeing red White's run up First Avenue with the men and just looking so incredibly strong. I think that was uh, planted an early seed of inspiration for running. Leanne?
4: Yeah, there are so many, I think, um, notably even last year with Des Linden and Shalane running uh, Boston, New York. But I think personally for me, um, I was lucky enough to go watch the Olympic trials in Eugene in 2016. And to just be there and watch these incredible people perform and compete with each other um, was so inspiring to me. But I think even more important now is, you know, you have all these superstars running and doing so well, but, you know, the people that we see every day and, like, the women in the community that have to overcome things, and they're who inspire me every day. Like, people that come back from injury and people that have kids and want to come back and run. Um, I think that's who's inspiring to me. And
0: that'll be you at the trials. Oh, boy. Yes. (laughs) So when we do this next year, we'll say that it was you that that, that'll be all of our moment. No pressure though. No pressure. Carly, what do you got?
1: Um, I was going to say something similar to Leanne. Um, I mean, I lived the Boston Marathon last year, so I have to, you know, salute anyone who was able to triumph those conditions, um, particularly Des, um, and I think just the women all working together and sort of the rise of the amateur at that race. And, and, you know, I know the girl who got fifth place, which is crazy, and I had run a race with her. Um, so that one really hit home, and, and, you know, I was able to finish. But it was, it was a tough race for everyone, and, and I think the women really triumphed in that race. Um, and then, yeah, the same. The women in the community that are just rising above whatever it is is always inspiring.
0: There were, I think, three local New York City runners who were in the top 15 last year who all got some prize money. We love that because New York City rent is um, it's affordable. <laughs> it's really good. It's not why I moved to New Jersey. Okay, yeah. a statistic that I love from Running USA because it's important to fact check. 59%, 59% of any given road race in the United States is women. So we're the majority, and when I say we, I'm excluding like the couple guys in the audience, and I'm sorry, but we're taking over. So I think that's really cool. You both mentioned that you started running at a really young age. Was there ever a moment that you thought like running isn't for women? Because we know that like we were told our uteruses were gonna fall out if we ran. And I think, I mean, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure our uteruses, at least running-related, are intact. Uh, so, that's good. Was there ever a moment where you thought, like, running isn't for me because I'm female? Or was did that not cross your
3: mind? Go. I, um, I started watching at a young age. I didn't start running till much later. I was a gymnast and a cheerleader because we didn't have a, the sports for girls were basketball. Christine was really good at all those kind of sports. I was not. Basketball, baseball. And it was after rowing that I found running. But when I started running, luckily... I never worried, I just, it, it just felt so natural as something we would do and it was something we did as part of other sports. So it was always there and rowing and even um, gymnastics cheerleading. But it was, um, when I went to law school, I was so naive and I, I had found after rowing I was a decent runner and I, and I started running on a whim but I went to the coach and said, hey, can I run with the men's team because why don't you have a women's team? So it was definitely a period where I was at Notre Dame. There was, we didn't have a women's team. But luckily, other women were running in other places. And then many years later, when I got to New York Roadrunners in 1998, it was shocking to me. There's so many guys. The weekly road race was about 800 to 1,000 people. And it was 70% men. And I, and I just immediately said, this is crazy. So I never, we didn't have tons of women running, but it never dawned on me that women shouldn't run. So is that a surprising statistic to hear now, the 59%, or, or are
0: you seeing that very much when you're looking at these starting corrals?
2: No, I, I don't think it's surprising at all. I think in my lifetime, the biggest shift in the audience and the, and the participation in running has come because women like to run in groups. So when I first started running, I was a solo runner and there was no one to run with. I would run with my Walkman with a cassette and around my college campus and I never saw another runner. And let a man or woman really. It was a it was a solo endeavor. And the shift now to the groups of runners out running together whether they be men and women together or women running as, as a group, um, we have at New York Road Runners so many women's running clubs who run as a part of our organization and compete in our races. And that has shifted so much in the last 25 years.
0: So I'm glad you brought up the individual versus
2: you know, running in groups thing. I'm just curious,
0: from everyone in the audience and from the four of you, who here would say, would mostly identify that running for you is an individual sport or activity? Team sport or activity? Okay, that's actually a little more split than I expected. Um, You said? teams. well, yeah, yeah, co-founder of Brooklyn Track Club. You have a whole, you have like (laughs) 6,000 people who run with you now. I know. Um, Why why for you is the team thing, why do you identify more with that?
4: When I first started running, I always ran by myself. And I didn't run in high school, I didn't run in college, and I ran to stay in shape occasionally, but it was always by myself. And then... Uh, I came to New York and found Nike Run Club on Instagram. And so I started running with them and immediately got better. Um, Having people to run with and having some commitment that you say you're going to go, so you sign up online and you have to go then. Um, And so then we created Brooklyn Track Club because I wanted to then pass it forward. If, If this community and this group made me better, I would love to make other people better as well. So I think, for me, I, I take all of the people on my team, like their runs are my runs, like, and their races are, I'm just as invested, I think, as they are, because I want to see them succeed. And it's made me better, and I hope it's made them better, too. So I think, especially when we're talking about the women's running community, we want, we want each other to succeed. We, we all want each other to grow um, and achieve the goals that you've set for yourself, so I think, personally, the only way to do that is to run with other people. And get faster. Carly,
0: you, I think, posted something recently about finding the right team.
4: Talk to me about that.
1: Yes. Um, I think as I sort of found um, the Nike Run Club the same way, and and as I've gotten more competitive, I got an an individual coach, which I've never had before. You know, I got into running just a few years ago and, and found this talent. And so I have this individual coach, and I'm like, how do I, you know, handle that but I have this network of amazing women that I reach out to and and sort of train with and and you know it's it's to me it's amazing if you find the right team my gosh I agree with Leanne totally and and I'm still looking for that but um the network of individual women that I can be like I have this workout tomorrow do you want to do it with me or do you want to do half of it with me um or you want to do easy run Wednesday with me that's the community here in New York kind of provides that, and I've been so lucky to have the people that will show up in Prospect Park or here, and we run on the West Side Highway, and we just do these miles together, because it is better together. And let's
0: be honest, again, we're, we're looking for audience feedback here. Who knows you better, like, really knows you better? Your running friends or your non-running friends? Yeah, because you've had to stop and poop with your running friends, that's why. That's the secret. Uh, Okay. All right. Good. We got the laughs in. We covered that face. Yes. It's always the the poop that makes that happen. I'm so glad. Um, Christine, I want to put you on the spot a little bit because I want to talk about the New York Mini 10K, which is one of my favorite races. And I'm saying this as someone who came into racing and running saying, I'm never going to do a women's only race. That's not for me. It's just not for me. And then I ran the Mini, and I was like, I'm never running races with men again. Um, I love the Mini. I love the shape half. I love, love, love. I mean, I love races of all kinds, but, like, those races are two of my absolute favorites. So I'm curious about the Mini in particular, because I feel like after the Mini, there's such a mix of what I see. And when I say what I see, I mean on Instagram, because that's real life is half of my feed is like the happy finishers with the pink carnation, like so excited. And the other half is like, I hate pink. Why do I have a carnation? I want to talk to you about the decision. I want to talk about the pink around the mini. I want to know where that decision comes from and how it's generally received. Because it always seems split to me. And Mary, if you know the history here, you can chime in. (laughs) She's like, I don't want to.
2: It is. It's a great debate we have every year. What color should the t-shirt be? And should it be pink? Should it be a ver- version of pink? Should it be blue? Should it be green? And the years that we haven't gone pink, women are like, why isn't it pink? Um, so we try and mix it so up. So it's a lose-lose. And, and, okay. It's a lose-lose. But, or a win-win. I mean, yeah, it's a beautiful yeah, yeah. color every year. <laughs> women look great in pink. They look great in blue. Um, I think that women, they just they want to like the t-shirt if it's pink. I think that in some ways women have embraced pink and they own it now. I don't think it's quite as... Yeah. Um, yes, yes. Yeah. Let's be best um, friends. <laughs> I don't think it is uh, quite as gender specific as it used to be. Um, and I love that. In fact, uh,
3: so now I'm uh, leading a pro cycling team, a men's team, and we very proudly have our guys in pink. Yes. Big pink, like all pink. So I think um, I think it part of our success as women is... We don't own Pink by ourselves anymore.
0: I love that. I actually remember going to one of my husband's bike races, and there's a team, and I now, of course, don't remember, but it's like Rockstar or something. They also have a cool name. I don't know. You know. Just nod your head. that you Okay. Yes. There's a team in New York City that rides in Pink, and I love that. So I hope to see you all at the Mini this year. It literally is the best race. And you know what? I love having men on the course, too, but it's kind of cool when they're on the sidelines cheering, right? Yeah, you get to force, like, your significant others to come and watch. It's awesome. Okay, Um, another thing I remember is a couple years ago, at the start of a race, it was not a New York Roadrunners race. Rolling up to the start, it was a women's only start because it was a specific distance. I'm trying not to totally out this race here. But it was like I was with all the women, and we rolled up, and they start playing Beyonce who run the world, because, right, always. And they go, where are all my ladies who just rolled up from the bar? And I kid you not. Everyone in the corral booed. Like, they didn't say that to the men. Um, so I just want your take from the two of you. Tell me women's only races. Yes, no? Do we love them? Do we not care? Is this like not a thing? Doesn't matter. You're so fast that it doesn't matter.
4: <laughs> uh, I ran the mini 10K last year, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't. It's funny because I don't know what possessed me to want to do that one specifically out of all of the New York Road Runners races. But for me, it felt important. Like I wanted, to, I wanted to do this race with New York City's women. I thought it would be awesome. And to start with uh, Mary Kataney and Des yeah. Linden and all these women that I look up to was amazing. But, so I think women's only races are awesome, but I think we don't need them. I think yeah. men push us and make us better as well. So why limit ourselves at all?
1: Yeah, to sort of jump on that, I I agree because I haven't done a women's only race, I think, since the shape half in like 2016 maybe, so it's been a while. Um, So, like, I don't want to have to need them, but to celebrate them is amazing. But some of my best races that I've had, I'm surrounded by men. And I have these funny pictures of me, like, smiling. And then it's this, like, pack of men, you know, making grumpy faces. And everyone's like, look at that. You're, like, smiling and all these guys are suffering. That was in the (laughs) Berlin Marathon. Um, and, And I think that, you know, tomorrow, for example, for me, a lot of awesome women in this uh, community that I run with a lot got the pro field, which I'm so stoked for them. I just missed the cutoff, um, so I'm in, you know, double-A right behind. So And I'm super Same. stoked for them. But I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just going to have this pack of men, and, and without that pack, like, I would feel like I lost a bunch of those women. So I'm like, you know, it's cool when they can have their own pro start. So, like, some of these races that have a separate women's pro start for the media coverage I think is amazing. And I think, you know, the marathon has different... Um, Is it different records for when there's men mixed in and women separate? So I think, you know, it does necessarily, it gives you more people to run with when you have men mixed in the mix. But to have that media coverage like in the New York City Marathon and and in tomorrow's race where the women get to start and you get to see their race unfold without the, you know, the pros having the sub-elite men kind of mixed in.
0: Raise your hand if you are the reason that women have their own start at marathons.
3: Team effort. Um, I, I just want to <laughs> chime are part in. Of the reason. I want to chime in with, I think Carly's some really important. Um, I love the idea of celebrating because I do think we have a lot more work to do to be even more inclusive in running. And most importantly, even more inclusive in other areas of our lives. So there's something to me, especially about the Mini, when New York Roadrunner started it with Catherine Switzer and these women leaders who really ran among all men back in 1972 when Title IX was just coming about, it was super visionary to say these women deserve their own stage and this is a great way to get more women moving. And my hope is that when all of us do, and especially an 18-year-old or 20-year-old, to kind of say, okay, wait, so maybe... My job isn't to get more women running. Maybe it's to broaden the reach of running in other ways. Maybe it's to broaden my workplace. Maybe it's just a reminder we got a lot more work to do to be super inclusive and create more of an even playing field throughout life. And you know, some of the work's been done on a gender level, a lot of the work in running, but not on a ethnic and, and cultural level, I would say. And coming from cycling now. I think the playbook is running cycling is predominantly men massively predominantly men and to me it's actually so much like running that i see a day when the majority of recreational riders will be women and that's really far away right now but the running and the you know things like the mini remind me it wasn't always 59 percent women and so lots more work to do in other areas how do we do that
0: running? I mean, you're all leaders. You're all leading different movements and getting people to show up to what you're doing. How do we get non-runners to start showing up to what we're doing, and how do we actually make this more inclusive?
2: I think it's the need for role models, and I think that social media has helped so much to put forth a incredible field of professional women who are either leading in the sport worldwide or who are the local competitive runners who you see out in the park every day. And um, having those role models that my daughter, who's 10, year old, 10 years old, can come to a race and be familiar with the names of those women is just gonna make such a difference for the next generation.
3: And, and I think what's really cool now, to Christine's point it's exactly right with social media the good side of social media is there's so many i call them captains there's so many women and men who come from the back of the pack who are just starting to run and now they chronicle their journey online and everyone else can follow you know my favorite of course i often talk about it, is Allison Dezier in Harlem she just made up that there was Harlem run and it was her but by putting out there it's Harlem Run and just getting out there and people started following, Harlem Run is huge now and making a real difference in getting people in the community of Harlem and, in northern Manhattan running. So Instagram and regular people complemented with the really great runners like these guys I think is leading to a new level of inclusion that we have never had
0: I'm actually glad you used that example because I was going to use that example. So uh, Allison Desir, who she mentioned, she leads Harlem Run. She's told this story that she basically, she would show up at, I think it was Marcus Garvey Park, every night. She would put on social media like, I'll be here Monday at 7 p.m. if anyone wants to run with me. For months, no one showed up. Months. Not like the first time and, oh, okay, that's kind of a bummer. And the second time, okay, well, maybe next time. Months went by and she kept at it and kept doing it. As leaders, have you ever had that worry that no one's going to show up? No one's going to register for my braid bar. No one's going to join Brooklyn Track Club. No one's going to sign up for these races. Any worries or insecurities around
4: that? Yeah. I mean, I, I, want, I want Brooklyn Track Club to be successful. I want the women to be elevated. I want everyone to feel like they have a place to come that's consistent and reliable and that we're going to listen to your goals and help you get there and but to a certain point like I can't I can't be responsible for getting you all there you have to put your foot in the door and I think that's where social media plays such a big part because if you see it you know you it makes you want to come more and be a part of it and I think um, to go back to what you said about how we can kind of make women's running more elevated and get more people involved, I think that is leaning towards groups and leaning towards, you know, finding people to run with. And I think shared experiences is such a huge part of it, where people want to be in these cool shared experiences. Like, we have workouts every Tuesday night, and after the workout's over, you know, you post it on Strava, or you post on Instagram, and then we have, you know, 60, 70 people all posting about this workout that they're proud of and that you know this person they ran with and they just met them for the first time and so um it was a fear at the beginning and now i think that we're doing amazing and this women's community is growing so much and the running community in general is growing so much that there's a place to go and there's always people to run with which is amazing
0: were you nervous no one was going to register so carly is sticking around after this she's doing a braid bar that within the first like 30, I think this is the accurate stat. Within the first 30 seconds, you sold out 65,000 slots. <laughs> is that?
1: I don't know if I could write 65,000.
0: I um, didn't fact check there's, that there's one, but I raters, it's right. but they yeah, say it's right. They say it's right. I know right.
1: it's it sold out before I even saw the post. So um, I had some followers who were a little upset, but um, they got some slots now. I messaged them. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing with this is, for me, like, if I can braid one person's hair and make sure they show up to that start line and they feel good and ready, like, that's what it, it was something I did for myself every morning before a race. My mom or me, you know, I would always braid my hair before a soccer game, before anything when I was little. And I never thought that it would help so many people, and I didn't really think people would be so excited about it, but Um, we had our first braid bar for the New York City Marathon and we didn't have enough people or time to braid everybody who wanted to be there and but the moment someone sat in my chair and said to me like oh I didn't know I didn't know if I I was quite ready and now I know and I'm like wow the power of that and and the braids are not what did the work for you the braids are not at all what you know got you up every morning what got you on that run what what got you to 20 miles or got you to five miles um but if they help you feel really ready for the next day, and, and we can help in that little way, I think it's really empowering. Well, now what's amazing is, so I think it went from a rally braid
3: to now you guys have made it, you're, you're actually part of a sisterhood. You have the braid, and it's like, okay, I'm with, I'm with other people, and that is crazy powerful. And to your question, if you ever worry, and Christine and I get to run together a lot, and I've been talking about this lately, you never know the outcome. Of anything, you like, you just don't like. Does Linda did not know she was going to win Boston? In fact, she was at a point where maybe she wasn't going to. You don't know in a job. You don't know how it's going to work out. You got to pick one, right? And you got to. I just really believe start stuff. If you believe in something, just start it and go. You know what? If no one comes for a little while, so what? Then maybe another person will come. And if no one comes ever, so you'll have fun and go on and do something else. But if you don't start, if you worry about how many people and how big will it be, you just never get going. And so I've lately been focusing a lot more on the how and the and the why and a little bit less of what's the result gonna be, because, so just start.
0: I love that, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I worried no one would show up today. I was, I'm like really happy that everyone's here. I knew you guys would show up. I knew Annie would be here, she had to come. Um, but do you have any advice for like, okay, you get the courage, you decide to start your thing. Whether it's like a hashtag or a track club. And it's the first day and no one shows up and the second day and no one shows up. I mean, I think it's easy to say like, yay, keep going. But like, how do you actually go home, sit down and go to sleep that night knowing like I have to try this again tomorrow?
1: I think if you're, if you're doing it so that people show up or you're doing it for that gratification, you should question why you're doing it. You know, If it's just you, just like remember you know there's a reason you're doing it and if it makes you feel good then you're doing it for the right reason so it doesn't matter who shows up
3: right i think you just give it your best like if you can put your head down and say i did it my best and just know life is not like this it just doesn't go like that it might for a little while okay everything's going great but it goes like this and there's no way you're ever going to get where you you know to some next level without going down first and you just got to you just got to believe in yourself and give yourself, you know, the time and, and think every time, okay, is there something I should be doing differently about this? It doesn't mean switch that thing completely, it just means, okay, how, how do I, you know, shift it a little bit? What do I need to do? But it's just a natural progression. We talk about all the success stories, everybody starts somewhere and it's inevitably has its ups and downs.
0: Well, it wouldn't be the Alley on the Run show if we didn't talk about the downs, right? So. I need, I need someone to tell me about like an actual failure here. Like, When did someone not show up? When did you feel shaken to your core or insecure? I mean, I'm sitting here in the middle of these four women that I'm like, I'm obsessed with the four of you. You're my role models, and I want you to all be my sister-wives. Uh, what moments have shaken you to your core or made you feel insecure?
4: I guess uh, a running run and a non-running run. I think I ran Boston... Uh, A couple years ago and I had such high expectations and put in all these Paul effort and all these miles and it went horrible Um, I did horrible and it was really humbling to say like I put in all the effort like I did what I could and it just just didn't happen on that day Um, and I think kind of what we were talking about before that the the nice thing about running or the thing that it's done for me is the more confident i can be in myself as a runner it translates into other aspects of my life so it's it's nice to be able to say like i i'm now a more secure of a person because of running and it's like this hobby that then became not hobby a second almost like second full time job but it's now made me who I am and more secure in who I am and kind of what I stand for so I think I don't know that's like a roundabout way of saying the failures then become less like you don't have to dig yourself out so much because you're secure in yourself as a person and um, you know you're going to get through it because of these lows and you just keep building and then you realize how high you are at the end.
2: I, I believe that the, the confidence to try things is actually a muscle that you exercise so and the more you do it the stronger that muscle becomes. So I think that, so within my role at New York Roadrunners, we try things every day. So opening this run center that we're sitting in today was a grand experiment. We don't, didn't know that people would show up and we do so many events here and sometimes we get three people or five people and they have a really personalized experience, although we'd love to have more. <laughs> uh, and sometimes we have dozens and hundreds of people who show up and you, you realize that it's not personal. And it's okay to try. And some days people can show up in in the the dozens, and some days they sh- they don't. And it may or may not be about you. It may be about them and what else they have going on in their lives. And so I think trying multiple times to to strengthen that muscle is really important. Realizing it's not all about you.
3: Yeah. I have. I think that's such good advice. I failed so many times, and my head it actually goes to all career, but. List, with these guys here, it reminds me, I was the first dropout of the 1988 Women's Olympic Trials. And at the time, I, it was devastating. I had this whole philosophy, I was a young lawyer, I too started running up to college, and got lucky to qualify right away, early in my career, and was, I was only going if I could be the best. which I, But I also didn't want to run all the time, I, I, wanted, I was, cared more about being a lawyer. Anyway, I got hurt, and I went in the trials hurt. And at mile two, I dropped out. I couldn't even move my hip. And it was so devastating. What's wild about that is I really believe that moment landed me many years later on the career of a lifetime in sport, starting with New York Roadrunners. So as an aside, what I get so excited about men and women who qualify for trials is, yeah, it's going to be great fun for them. But I always think... I'm so curious. They, could, they can come back to the sport. They, anybody can, but they kind of have this added element that's going to give them some options to have a career where they can maybe help other people in running. So that was a big career uh, running one. But in my professional life, I left leading this organization, being part of this organization, New York Roadrunners, is the greatest job in the city, in the world. And I left that to do a startup. With Richard Branson because I really really wanted to take what we were doing to other cities and I just believed we could do it and it didn't work so two and a half years later I'm like out and most importantly these amazing group of people I recruited to work with us out everybody's out of jobs for the first time and we failed pretty fabulously like we had big ambitions for cities around the US and And the UK and the world. And you know what? Once again, I took more learnings and would not trade a day from the failures. But the failures are going to hurt. They're going to, like, pierce your heart. But I promise, like, they will, you will be smarter, better, more empathetic, uh, more humble, and in some ways more confident coming out of them. So I could list about 10 more, but I'll I'll leave it at those.
0: (laughs) We'll do a second live show just all about our failures. Uh, And listen, if you start something and one person shows up, now we know to call it a personalized experience. So I like that. I actually think that's Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It's very catchy. We'll brand that. We now interrupt this live show for a word from our sponsor, New York Roadrunners. I want to tell you all about the New York Roadrunners Run Center featuring the New Balance Run Hub. It's a mouthful, I know, but this is the center of running in New York City. The Run Center is so much more than just a place you pick up your bibs for your Roadrunner races. It's also a place for runners, it's a community running space, and it's open to everyone. The Run Center is located just steps from Central Park, and it offers free changing rooms, lockers, and best of all, clean bathrooms. Clean bathrooms in New York City. So you can stop by the Run Center, stash your stuff, and go for your run in the park. You don't have to sign up. You don't have to make a reservation. Just walk in and take advantage. The Run Center also hosts tons of events. Case in point, Alley on the Run Show Live. I've hosted three live shows there so far, and there will be so many more this year. The Run Center offers free group fitness classes like yoga and strength training, educational programming, book signings, themed group runs, and so much more. The best part, every event at the Run Center is always free. But then there's the shopping. The Run Center is fully stocked with all the latest New Balance gear. Plus, and I love this, for every pair of running shoes you buy at the Run Center, New Balance will donate a pair to NYRR's youth programs. That just makes me all warm and fuzzy. So come join the fun. Go to nyrr.org runcenter to see the full schedule of events and to get in on the action. I can't wait to see you there soon. Now let's get back to this live show. As leaders in the industry, what interesting or quirky things have you learned about runners as a whole? Not necessarily just women runners, runners. What are some of the quirks that maybe surprised you? also could probably be its own separate episode but uh what do we do that's like weird or funny that you've learned
3: well i came from rowing first and that's really weird um (laughs) it's just you know rowing when someone's into rowing they talk about they're at a party we were in college you talk about catching a crab and all this stuff it's the same cycling it's about i don't even know all the terms yet right and in running people are really into it when they're into it and Actually, coming from seeing other sports, you you know, it's something unique. It's what I love about sport. You get really, really passionate. So probably just the lack of humility one has to have to change your clothes anywhere, to (laughs) pop it, like just do what it takes to be ready to go in a race is is a little unusual (laughs) compared to some other sports.
2: I would say that runners don't really just roll with it. So we have 52,000 finishers of the TCS New York City Marathon, and in the weeks leading up to the race, we received thousands of emails about the most, most nuanced details of nutrition and water stations. and is there water on the bridge? and will there be water at the start? And all, how, on, the map, precisely guys, all on the map how many <laughs> blocks will I have to walk at the finish? and can I meet my family member here? and and I, runners just love to know details. So We're so chill. We're so fun. And all of that information is on
0: the map. It's all on the website, guys. You can find where the water stops will be and the porta-potties. They do a great job with that. What have you learned?
4: I don't know. Weird quirks. Um, I guess maybe a, an interesting one in the city is I always think that You know, whenever I Google how long it's going to take me to get somewhere, I'm always like, well, I could run there faster. You know, like, (laughs) you know, the train is, you know, I'm like, oh, it's delayed. I should just run there, you know, and I'm like, I've started run commuting to and from work a couple times a week just because why sit on the train? Um, But then I think another funny one that it's not necessarily a quirk, but I've noticed um, maybe in myself and also others that I'm more, uh, I want to sit down a lot more now, (laughs) like i (laughs) I don't know. The minute I'm done with a run, I must sit. I must put my legs up. You know, I can't. You know, on the subway, yes, I will take your seat. Thank you very much. You know, or like, I think. And at the start of races, just bodies everywhere, like sitting down, putting shoes on, taking them off. It's just well, tying your laces a thousand
1: times. But yeah, we're we're weird.
4: <laughs> we're weird. Anything to add, Carly? I
1: would. I would add to that. We're a little bit obsessive about our time and and scheduling. Kind of like we said. Like you know getting down to the minute, down to the hour, a lot of us are, are very type A. I think we're naturally drawn to running as adults if we're type A. Um, and also, I would say some of us, you know, I see your doctor, see your PT, but a lot of us think we're doctors or think we're, you know, PTs. Like, we we get one little ache and we're, oh, my gosh, I'm broken. I, th- I don't think I'm going to run. run again. I have a training partner who's hurt right now. But I'm going to run my 20 miles today <laughs> yeah, anyway. And, but, but at the same time, it's like, but it could be something serious. So you're like, wait, are they... Are they actually hurt or is it a headache? Like, I don't know. Um, but we were really good at Googling and, and, and pre- oh, oh yeah. we pre-search we pre before we go to the doctor.
0: Google has diagnosed me <laughs> with a lot of stress fractures, I'm telling you. And one time it was literally a hangnail. And I was like, I'm out. I'm going to run my 20 miles. But I'm definitely out, definitely injured. Uh, what have you learned? This is probably a loaded question. What have you learned about yourself since becoming a runner? Or the biggest way running has changed you as a person and a human
3: Dun,
1: dun, dun. Um, I can start this one. Yeah, um, I. I don't want to get emotional, but I feel like I used to always count myself out of things before I even started um, races. Specifically, I'm four foot eleven. <laughs> I don't necessarily like feel like I looked like a runner, and, and I was about thirty pounds heavier when I started running. So I would go to these races, and I would be like, "Oh man, that girl's going to beat me. That girl's going to beat me. That girl's going to beat me." And, and why? Why? I, you know, that's part of a body image conversation as well, but. Um, How that's translated to my life is, you know, don't count yourself out because you're young. Don't count yourself out because you're short. Don't count yourself out because you're bigger smaller. You don't have as much experience. You know, you have to really believe in yourself and and what you're about um, in life, in running, in racing. and, And that really has translated from the road to the track, to life, to career, to friends. So
0: when you're lining up at races now, are you looking side to side, still doubting yourself? Or are you like, oh, I can run a 247 marathon. We're good. (laughs) <laughs> that's where she runs, by the way.
1: Um, that's fast. I, yeah, I'll look at like, some guys sometimes, and I'm like, ooh, I hope I can keep up with him. That, that's the shift. You know? It's like, ooh, that guy's like 5'11", and you know, he's doing strides. I think I can keep up with him.
3: I like that shift. I think that's good. What else? What else have we learned about ourselves? For me, I've learned it's mental. Uh, I love running. I feel like I actually crave running and movement. And I think that if most of us are introduced to running and sport, we are made to move like that. And I always thought it was physical. I'm a physical being. I, I wouldn't sit at a desk ever if I didn't have to. So I always thought that, but recently I've realized it's really mental for me. Just that time out, the time with friends, the time, like just, it's there's a freedom in it that I think it makes me um, calmer, more focused, and gives me an energy that I really, really miss if I don't run.
2: Yeah, I think endorphins are real. So for the two hours after I've come back for a run, no matter how long or short it was, my mind, my brain is the sharpest during that two-hour window.
0: So would you say, like, if you're planning to run one day and then something happens in your life unexpectedly, like... Uh, plans change a meeting comes up. you get called into a meeting or something, and you don 't get to go for your run. Are you like super chill about that? Is it
3: totally fine? are you still super I'm, nice i 'm grumpy i uh, <laughs> I miss a lot I miss a lot of days of running i don 't run every day of the week this day this week I think I ran twice and I say it 's okay and it 's okay on the day. It really is, but a bunch of days later and I'm, I just get tired and, and I just start to i miss it. So yeah, I get a little bit grumpy, and where I get grumpy, this is the secret guys, this is the secret we have. And what I always wanna share with everybody, when you get that run in, it's like this added advantage every day, you feel good. And so then it's, it's, I'm okay on those days till someone else comes in like, oh, just ran 10 miles to the office. And I'm like, <laughs> I wanna run 10 miles to the office.
0: Isn't that funny how many of you on your like rest days or day off, or even if you've already done your run, you're like in a cab and you see someone else running, do you get a little bit jealous? <laughs> yeah, why do we do that? We're the worst. Yeah. Even if I already ran that morning, I'm like, oh, you're running right this second and I'm not. Forget it. If you're like injured and you see someone running, that's, yeah. My husband had to intervene one day. I was like, I think I was sick and I saw someone running by and I was like, I hate you. And he was like, that's not healthy. Please contain yourself. And I was like, this is how I process my emotions. And then he left for work and came back a week later. I don't know. So so
2: tomorrow in New York is the United Airlines NYC half marathon, and most of the staff doesn't run that day. And it's really hard watching 25,000 people cross the finish line with this, these looks of exultation, but knowing you were up really early that morning and haven't run yet.
0: Okay, I'm not going to lie. There was a time in my life, not all that long ago, where I was like, I want to work at New York Roadrunners. Like, that seems really fun. I want to go work with them. And someone was like, well, then you know you can't run the marathon. Like, people who work for runners don't get to run the marathon. So is that true? That is true. Except if you're Michael Caparazzo. He's, like, stepping aside. That's different. (laughs) You were grandfathered in. You're good. You're fine. Um, But, obviously, that is, like, the ultimate all-hands-on-deck day. And I have to imagine it's not like, oh, well, once the race is over, we'll all go for a team run. Because
2: probably... (laughs) Pretty tired. Yeah, the day they is not over until the next day. Actually, um, it's still the greatest day in New York, and we love supporting the runners getting across that finish line. But uh, it's it is a fun run to to participate but, in but as well. You
3: guys have done so many smart things because having been in the role, I actually I love those days because there is no greater gift than welcoming everyone else to the finish line. But the other thing you realize now is, um, but you don't realize when you're in the role. You guys are actually running way more all week than anyone else, <laughs> okay. so you're getting it in. You're, 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 yeah, how many events throughout the week you're like
0: logging the most miles? Um, and you guys, you you know what you should do is I think Roadrunners, what if you did a team run starting at like two a.m. before the race? I think that would be such that'd be such good team bonding. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Feeney's the, gonna
2: head that up. For Jim, him. Him. Jim Heim, the race director of the marathon, um, I'm not sure how he feel about that. He's already well, to there. He, there. They are out there box? building tents.
0: All right. All right. Well, we'll see. Okay. Um, we're going to do a very special sprint to the finish in a minute. One question that I want to ask each of you is I know we've, you know, we've touched a bit on sort of the different gender roles in running. I love the idea of using it to elevate us. Um, Cause this is something I think about a lot is even with today. I'm like, okay, a women's panel. I like that. We're celebrating women. Um, but then I get torn. I'm like, but men are cool too, right? Like they can make us faster. They can hand us water. Like Whatever. I think we're we're all great. But as women on this panel, what is something, quirky or otherwise, you wish men understood about being a female runner? I'll go first. Sports bra chafing. You guys don't have to deal with that.
1: I will say hair. I mean, a lot of men have long hair. But it's a thing. you got to get it out of the way. Um, I think that's part of it. And also, like, I'll go there. The month. You know, like there's definitely affects you. Um, I got it right before my marathon. Uh, And it was, you know, it's just something you have to adjust. You can race with it. You can run with it. But your levels and your mood and, and your body is doing different things at different times of the month. Maybe getting too personal, but um, never. I have, I, no such thing. Yeah, not
2: with you. <laughs> I have I have three children and nursed them for many many months after they were born, and that was really hard to get back to running while nursing and being able to work around their schedule and deal with the the physical pressures of of that. And, um, wanting to race sooner than probably should have, so that my my husband didn't have to deal with that. <laughs> When did you return to racing after having your babies? This was a long time ago. You're testing me. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm just curious. Was, like, not that I I'm doing I a I think I
2: ran tomorrow, my first but... marathon back about nine months after nine months. my twins were born.
3: Okay. Mary? Um, I took big breaks with both kids when I was off. I, the first one I ran three months later. We had the, used to be the Continental Airlines 5K through Broadway. So I did that. But then I took off. I didn't run a marathon while either one of them was growing up. Okay, is 5 months postpartum too soon to run a half marathon for fun? Depends on you. <laughs> are
0: you running tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, wow. A little bit. A little bit. But just for fun. Yeah. Just for fun. Just take We're going to have easy. a great time. I just can't not be like you said. It's hard to not be a part of it. It's, you know, it's such like the New York City Marathon, the half, these are like great days in our city and if you're local you know, like it's hard to be on the sidelines. Uh so yeah. It's a fun run. You'll be okay. fine. Just take it easy. Um with Roadrunners races, do, and I'm asking because I actually don't know, do the men and the women winners, are the prize purses equal? I know some races have different ones, like the Healthy Kidney and stuff like that, but for the marathon, yes. they're equal. I love that. Yes. How and, long has that for, been the case? Yeah,
3: for decades and decades and decades um, before me. It was something Fred LeBow and the team believed in. This organization had women at the front since the very beginning, but what was crazy, even when I started at the end of the 1990s, um, Europe still had, it was, to me, just insane. Women were paid less in the same race, same distance, same day as the men. Um, so at one point we actually raised the women's prize money to be higher when ING came in in 2003 just to make the point. So we paid them like $50,000 more and said, oh, we're going to pay the women more. And people, went, what? I'm like, well, that's what everyone else is doing. How silly is that? All right. Well, I love
0: that. Great job. Okay, Uh, Mary, you casually mentioned, very briefly in passing, you talked about, um, you said, like, that's the great side of social media, which means there's sometimes a not-so-great side. What are your experiences? Is there a not-so-great side for social media as runners? What is it?
1: Yeah, I think there's the level of FOMO that goes on, fear of missing out, Um, and being left out of things. You can kind of you know, see all these people posting and there's, you know, hype on certain, you know, there's brands that bring hype to things and then there's influencers who bring hype to things and then there's group runs you may not be included in and there's teams that you may not be included in and things like that. I think, you know, if you're sitting on social media and you're seeing all these people running, if you're injured, you can feel really left out, you know, there's sort of the dark side on the community if, if you know, I try to reach out to people when they're injured and I'm like, hey, let's get a coffee, let's go to Pilates, let's do this, you know, and I think being that person who reaches out to the injured person who can't run has shown me like, wow, you know, like you can feel really isolated when you're injured or you're left out of something.
4: I I think um, the hardest part about social media and especially in a competitive environment is that it's exactly that you're competing with other people. And there's always that comparison of what these people are doing versus what these people are doing. So um, I think kind of what I said before of, Being confident in who you are and kind of owning what you're doing. And no one's trajectory is the same. Everybody's path is different. And so I'm not running tomorrow and I'm so excited that I get to (laughs) cheer for thousands of people instead. You know, like my path is different. I'm doing something different. Um, So I think I've learned that over the years that social media is what you make it. You know, you can make it positive or you can choose it to be negative and I think you should choose to use it positively because it really can lift you up and connect you and bring you together and um just stay on your path because everyone's different and you'll get there
0: do you fall into the? you seem very confident and like amazing and you're a forensic scientist and that's just so freaking cool <laughs> um do you find yourself falling into the comparison trap at all either running related or in life
4: Uh, Yeah, definitely. I think um, what I was going to say before about what learning has taught you is um, as I've gotten faster, it's kind of interesting to see my mind slow down a little bit and to kind of be aware of my feelings and intentions and motivations and to be able to pinpoint what I'm feeling at specific times to say, like, I'm comparing myself, like, what's the motivation behind that? Why am I so invested in somebody else's race, you know, when I wasn't even there, or I, you know, this is a different country or a different state, or they're a professional athlete, so, um, I mean, yeah, I definitely do. It would be lying to say that I'm above, you know, comparing myself to other people. I definitely do that, but I try and take the next step and say, like, is this beneficial to me, you know, and even make a physical list of, like, here are the reasons why I don't need to compare myself to this person or... This club or this, I don't know, anything.
0: I love the idea of making lists. (laughs) That got me very excited.
2: Yeah. My my issue with social media is that it's an unconscious time suck. And I've recently started monitoring the amount of time that I am on social media and cumulatively over the course of the day being conscious of actually how much time that is. And it was a big wake up for me not long ago. I realized that on a one given day, I was on social media more than I had run that day. And that just didn't feel right to me. And so that's sort of the monitor I use to say, I'm going to be outdoors and running more on a day than I'm actually look, staring at my phone.
4: And that's a way that I think it will keep it healthy. Uh, it might be too long for me. <laughs> <laughs> Four hour long runs. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. And the screen time. Uh, I'd say the same thing, time. But I'll just give you a hack. When you want to get yourself out the door, just know in advance the people to follow. There's a guy a bunch of us know. He lives in Westchester. And he comes in for a workout every morning. And so I'm tired, and I know I've got to get up at 5. I know Lou is up at 4.15, and I literally can pull up my phone and I go, okay, Lou's going to be on the phone showing that he's up at 4.15. And it motivates me to say, okay, get up, get out. So there's lots of bad of it, but find the people that actually know your end goal like what do you need out of social media and then use it to to get that and that inspiration is there in spades now
0: yeah and he's not just up he's already done 100 push-ups yeah, yeah, too yeah. that's like his oh, i just did my push-ups now i'm on instagram okay before we move into our very special sprint to the finish i want to hear from each of you you've had really amazing personal contributions to the sport what do you all still hope to accomplish are there any specific goals where you're dreaming big or that you're actively working toward already? Uh,
4: I think my goal is to keep building Brooklyn Track Club and keep building especially the women's side of Brooklyn Track Club. I think we're getting there. We're doing really cool things and um, I want us all to get better and learn more about each specific person's goal. and what I can do to help them get there. Because they're, doing that's gonna help me too. Um, I have things coming up. I'm running Berlin in September. Um, Specifically, I'd like to run under 235. So hopefully, yeah. So a lot of runs in between there, a lot of runs with Brooklyn Track Club. Um, But yeah, that's what I wanna do, is just
1: keep bringing everybody with me.
0: All right, so if you wanna join Brooklyn Track Club, hit her up after the show. Carly, what's on tap?
1: Um, A couple different answers. Uh, With runner braids, which I never thought would be a thing, Um, definitely want to meet more people and, you know, continue to do these braid bars. We're having some cool stuff this weekend, Boston weekend, Brooklyn half weekend, hopefully, Um, and just meeting those women. And and ideally, I would love to mentor um, young women or or women and help them as well, especially people who got into running later in life. Um, Personal goal. Um, Running-wise... Uh, I guess I'm competitive in that, too. Um, I'm taking the spring off of marathoning and also running Berlin. So I'm just trying to work on my weakness is 5K, 10K area. i um, trying to work on that, build that speed. So hopefully I can knock off a few more minutes and qualify for the trials in Berlin
0: if I'm healthy. Yes. Also, that is my also I have that goal the same, <laughs> of the trials. Christine.
2: I have. So... My team at New York Roadrunners were working on this new project that we launched about a year ago um, in virtual racing. So together with Strava, we have thousands of people racing against each other all over the world. And we really want to grow that and make it bigger and get people more engaged with each other in racing communities, but not feel like they actually physically have to travel to a place to do it. This weekend for the United Airlines NYC half we have a thousand people so we set the cap at a thousand who are doing a half marathon all over the world and competing against each other in a virtual race and they'll get a medal for completing it and we're super excited about it and are going to continue to do it more and more and if you can't run the half marathon virtually this weekend you can run a 5k uh virtual race this weekend it goes through sunday and right now we have 8,000 people who are registered to do it and we want to continue to grow that so that's our our big or my big goal and my team's big goal um this year wow that's a lot of people that's amazing
3: a huge kudos i think it's amazing christine and i think you're gonna have the whole world running which is So awesome. Uh, I'm just super motivated to help people get moving. I really believe in the power of movement, and the power of sport, and have been really lucky to have that be a driving personal goal and, and, and a career goal. And over all these years, I used to really move away from the cheerleader side of me because it was on the sideline, and I've come to realize that's actually my place. Like, I am most comfortable in support of other people, and so every day for me is anything I can do to help someone else realize they can move. And it can be through running. It can be through a variety of sports, but they can do it. And anything we can do to help people grab those same gifts that all of us have benefited from, in this case through running, um, the better. So that's my focus.
0: Amazing goals. Also, if you're having FOMO, like if you're not running the marathon this year and you're like, okay, but I'm going to go out and cheer, volunteer. Volunteer volunteering i've run that marathon three times i've spectated on my own a bunch the year that i volunteered favorite year so just putting that out there that everyone should volunteer at the new york city marathon i don't know you can can still apply to do that right you can still apply to volunteer i should fact check myself before i make these (laughs) announcements uh but yeah sign up it's so fun we're gonna sprint to the finish so normally on the la on the run show this is like favorite movie favorite tv show I wanted to do something a little different with this lineup of women. Like Christine said, there's no such thing as TMI on the Alley on the Run show with a live audience. So, what we're going to do, I was going to bring a bunch of squeaky balls and you would each buzz in, um, but they were all pretty gross because I have a dog. And so, you can just raise your hand. We're gonna play Running Never Have I Ever.
3: So. You do not get nervous, I'm really nervous. Well, <laughs>
0: This, it's not that bad. It's pretty tame. It's pretty... I'll play too. Uh, so all you have to do... You don't even have to say your answer. You can just... If you've done it, just raise your hand. It's totally not a big deal. If you want to play in the audience, I actually think that that's now mandatory. Yeah, no, I think you guys... Everyone's <laughs> playing.
4: For our sake, please. Miles, you're playing.
0: <laughs> Never have I ever peed my pants on the run. Oh, yeah. oh, yep, okay. <laughs> you raise your hand if you've done it. Yeah. yeah. You haven't. You're good. I I stop. All right. I will admit when I was a new runner, I didn't know that was an option when I ran my first marathon. I like didn't know you could stop and use porta potties. I don't know. I guess I was not the person emailing the race director the day before being like, where are the bathrooms? I was like, I guess I just have to run through. Like I didn't have a goal time. Um, I should have stopped three
2: times, but I didn't. Triathletes and cyclists talk about this a lot. Yeah. So it's a really common They just situation. go. They do it. Uh, never have I ever, and
0: you don't have to tell it, but never have I ever had a running poop story. Come on. Come on. <laughs> a running poop story. Like, yeah. It doesn't have to be gross, but like, you've had a moment, right? That's how we all get close to each other. Thank you. I like the brave people raising their hands. Okay. Never have I ever puked at the finish line. Okay, you have. Oh, yeah. See, I always kind of want to because I feel like that's badass. Um, and I'm like, yeah, that, that, that's what means I really went for it. Not the time on the clock, the amount of vomit. But I guess I don't try hard enough. Um, oh, poor, poor choice of goo. Uh-huh. Oh, ooh, gross. Never have I ever been attracted to someone just because he or she was fast. Yes? Okay.
4: That's a th- it's actually called speed goggles. Like, it's, it's a known thing. It is? Yes.
0: Speed. Okay, they're like, duh, you didn't know. This. Did you guys know this? Speed goggles? Did you know? Okay, so it's... Did you know this? Oh. That's oh. her point. He's fast, so it's fine. Uh, never have I ever secretly gotten... Com- or not so secretly. Gotten competitive with a significant other on the run. No, <laughs> couldn't raise your hand all fast all enough. The time. Uh, well, no, no, we're not competitive. You're competitive. I'm not competitive. <laughs> we'll have you demonstrate your turkey trot after. We'll show you how competitive you can be, Brian Cristiano. Um, never have I ever cried happy tears at the finish line. See, these are nice questions now. We got the gross ones done. Okay. Never have I ever cried sad tears at a finish line. Okay. Which are you more likely? Are you more likely to cry from a good race or a bad race? I'm just curious. Who's more likely to cry because you had a really good race and you're proud? Okay. And who's like shed a couple tears over a bad race? And it's fine because I do that every day. I still cry about a race I had in 2011. It's fine. Uh, Never have I ever apologized while getting a pedicure. Yeah. Because it's bad. It's bad. You got a tip extra for that. Miles is looking at me like, why would you? Why is that thing? Because runners, we have gross feet, so when we get pedicures, it's embarrassing. And no one should have to do that, but it feels nice, and it's nice to have pretty toes. Okay, the last one. Never have I ever run back and forth in front of my front door to head an even number on my Garmin. Everyone's done that. We're so weird. Okay, a couple of questions to wrap this up with just everyone here on the panel. Thank you for participating in that, by the way. That was enlightening. Collectively, let's say we're forming like the ultimate running crew, the ultimate running club. Each of you gets to pick two members to add to it. Male or female, doesn't matter. Runner, non-runner, doesn't matter. Who's in the run club? I'll start to buy you some time. Celine Dion, Shaquille O'Neal. I don't know why people don't take that more seriously. Uh, two? Uh, two? Two. Oh, Do you want more or less? Yeah, like ten. Just, just go for it. Go for it. We're growing. Add as many as you want. Just I shout like out some names here. Uh,
4: Sally McRae and Tom Brady. Oh, okay. That's a good one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add my parents. They're really fun.
2: <gasps> That's so
0: nice. Yeah, they both
2: run.
3: That's really yeah. nice. Okay, my parents would not want They don't get it. I'm going to add Christine. Christine is super chill. And uh, I get a lot of running with Christine. I'm going to add my friend Mab. Did you see his new book? <laughs> Just got it. Uh, I'm going to add Mitch Docker, one of the riders on our team, that's not a cycling team that's not known as a runner, and, and he secretly is out there running in the mornings. Um, and you'd find that cool. I'm going to think about some others, but okay. those are the ones. Coming
1: Carly, who you got? This is so hard. But I better say Colleen quickly because I braid her hair. Yeah. And Sasha, because she's in the audience and does a lot of my workouts with me.
0: <laughs> Love it. All right. Anyone else we need in our run club? So many. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. And all of you. Obviously, everyone you're in all audience. in the club. Okay. <laughs> what is the one thing you need to run with to make you feel empowered on the run? Either a material thing or braid. What one thing do you need on race day?
1: Braids, but also just like something that makes you feel good, like your outfit, whether it's the top, the bottom. I think it's different for everyone, but I put a pin on my um, singlet before CIM, and that made me feel really good. A pin? Like a yeah, it was pin? like a pin. Yeah, like a pin with a – it had a lightning bolt, and a friend had given it to me.
4: Oh, that's nice. Leanne? I think it doesn't – it's not necessarily a physical thing that you need to have. I mean, I think I usually – on the start line, and I, I tend to get very nervous when I race. Uh, I freak out a lot. Um, so I think on the start line, if I can just take a few deep breaths and kind of have my – yes, I'm going to be fine moment, like, that's what I need. It's not about, like, a a shoe or anything, uh, something. It's just that. I need my calm, collected moment.
2: Love that. Christine? So I I know that some people disagree with uh, carrying that extra weight, but I run with my phone in a back pocket or in a a belt um, just so my kids can get in touch with me and having the confidence that no – Knowing that I'm reachable for them when I'm out doing what I love gives me the sort of peace of mind to go out and run.
3: Uh, definitely same with me phone, but I can't go anywhere without rock tape. I'm already my knees get it's my own <laughs> special thing. I totally tape them up and it works, but I won't go out the door without it. I like that you had props to show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually I actually I actually usually wear them constantly, so I had to dash out the door, so I cut a few. As soon as we're done, I'm going to tape my knees up.
0: All right. We wrap up the show with a boost of confidence. I need each of you, and we'll start with Mary this time, so I'll buy you some time, Carly. Thank you. Um, but I think you'll have an easy time with this. I need each of you to tell me two things you love about yourself.
3: Oh, man. Um, I think it's... I, I really am externally driven to support other people. Is probably the best thing I've going for myself. And I really see the best in other people. Like, I see... I think I have a high empathy radar, and people say, oh, so-and-so, and I think, oh, but I see something really cool about that person or,
2: or good about that person. So so I would say that I'm a grateful and happy person, and I think that's a good way and a fortunate way to go through life. Agreed. Leanne? Uh,
4: I like that I'm, I'm willing, I'm willing to help people, willing to do what it takes for myself, um, and then determined, you know, I'm, I'm going to do what I set out to do.
1: Carly? I have to go with something similar to empathy. I can't think of another word, but I think, you know, seeing when other people are injured and just kind of like reaching out to them or things like that, that's huge. Um, and just kind of seeing where other people come from is big um, for me and, and kind of being kind no matter what.
0: All right. The last thing I need from each of you is to give everyone listening a reason to run today, or to take a rest day if you're running tomorrow. Uh, But just give everyone listening a reason to run. Because you can.
4: When? Because the sun is shining, it's beautiful, and you live or here in New York City. So run in the park. So you'll sleep better tonight?
3: Probably true. (laughs) It's fun. Even if it's not fun in the moment, in the end it's fun. (laughs)
0: amazing thank you for so much for being here today we could talk for like 90 more hours because i love you thank all of you so much for coming if you're running tomorrow good luck have an amazing race you will absolutely crush it and thanks for joining all of us on the run Yay! okay be honest were you playing along to the never have i ever portion of this episode be even more honest. Do you have a running poop story? Come on. We all do. And hey, don't be shy. Hit me up and share yours if you care to be so bold. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Allie on the Run 1 and on the Allie on the Run Facebook page. While you're online and doing things, I would be so grateful if you would leave a rating and review for the Allie on the Run show on iTunes. Biggest thanks to Mary, Christine, Leanne, and Carly for being part of this live show. And thank you to everyone who came. I love, 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 love meeting all of you in person and getting to hear your stories. So keep showing up. I love you. Before I sign off, let's give it up one more time for New York Roadrunners. Whether you're a New York City local or you'll be in town for a show, a race, or to come visit me, Annie, and Ellie, be sure to stop by the New York Roadrunners Run Center on 57th Street take a yoga class, catch a live show, or do a little shopping at the New Balance Run Hub. And then let's all go for a run in Central Park together. Yay! You can find the full calendar of Run Center events at nyrr.org slash RunCenter. That's nyrr.org slash RunCenter. Okay, now we should all go foam roll together. And thanks for joining me on the run.